So I'm looking at the standings, and I do have, you know, Hockey DB and Hockey Reference, and I I look at the Red Wings have won three in a row, have a goalie with a 920 save percentage. They're plus eight overall in goal differential. The team point total could hit 90 for the first time since 2016. So I imagine Red Wings fans are very happy, and probably the Red Wings themselves, about the progress made and possible playoffs. It's got to be a good feeling for Detroit Red Wings fans right now. It is, although, you know, they they had such a tough time in December. They only won, I think, three times between December 1st and the Christmas break that uh, those hopes have kind of, there's a little bit of concern. You know, they're only one point out of a wild card spot in the East, but there's four teams ahead of them. And they have a very challenging schedule the rest of January, all but one team is already in the playoff picture. So there's, you know, there, there's cautious excitement, I would say, in the city, uh, those not uh, wrapped up in the Detroit Lions. That, that's all uh, Michigan and Detroit's <laughs> about right now. But uh, still paying attention to the Red Wings, you know, there, there's excitement and, and certainly hope that they can, you know, end a seven-year playoff drought. But, um, you know, there, there's also... I mean, they're relying entirely on Alex Lyon right now for, for goaltending, and he's going to need a break at some point, probably as soon as Sunday in Toronto. So, uh, so there's there's some concern as well, for sure. Uh, the uh, one of the, the the players who who spends a lot of time playing the the toughs is uh, Jake Wallman, uh, and, and I, I, is he playing tonight? As of, uh, I think he's a game time decision. He was feeling under the weather yesterday. Uh, showed up and was promptly sent home um, with, with um, just feeling under the weather is what Derek said. So uh, I think that, you know, that, that's to be determined. But they, they're pretty, I mean, that, that's really one of the remarkable stories. They've been, for the most part, very healthy on, on defense and have seven veteran defensemen they all feel comfortable playing. So I think that's that's less of a, a I mean, certainly they would prefer to have them in the lineup, but they feel pretty good about their depth on defense, uh, even if one of the guys has to be out for a game. So many storylines around this uh, uh, Detroit team. Patrick Kane, uh, I remember when, when people were saying, well, don't expect too much out of the box. Well, okay. Uh, it, it, you know, he, he's been a productive player since arriving there. He's been fantastic. I'm, you know, take out the surgery he had. You know, he's a 35-year-old coming in near mid-season. Everybody else is up to speed. He hasn't played since June 1st in, in six months. It's just been remarkable, uh, you know. But you watch him, he, he's such a smart player, you know. And as somebody who goes back my first year was when the Russian Five were playing, who appreciates a player who doesn't want to give up the puck and would rather retreat than just dump it in. He He's so much fun to watch, and I think maybe sometimes the challenge is having, you know, players who understand what he's trying to do uh, on his line mates. But but with Alex Dabrinkat, you know, they certainly have a have – have a great combination there with him, but but he's just been an absolute joy to watch. And um, it's a little too bad because he joined the lineup and Comper was out, Larkin was out. Uh, they just they they couldn't win with him in the lineup all of a sudden, you know. And it's not fair because he he was he I think he's had a point a game or something. He's been an absolutely terrific signing. The um, for, based on what I saw and I, I I had a look at it, it looked like JT Comfort and Dylan Larkin have played with Kane and Debrinkit. Who's the current center for that line? It's Comfer, uh, because then that allows them to have Dylan Larkin with Lucas Raymond, which is the pairing that they really, really like, and, and David Perron on, on the other wing there. So 
Um, and, and Comfer, you know, he, he's a good, uh, not that, I mean, Dylan is also very responsible defensively, but they like that mix of him and Comfer on that line. They did try Dylan for a while. I think they're, they're comfortable, you know, either which way, but they like uh, Dylan and Lucas together, and, and that makes it a good fit then for that uh, Comfer with um, Lee Kane and Debrinkat. Elaine St. James, our guest from Detroit Free Press. Uh, Edmonton Oilers fans, since he left, have talked nonstop about Clem Costin and about you know what a mistake it was to let him go. Uh, it's been uh, you know up and down injury issues uh, with the Red Wings. How has he looked, and and do the, is there a place for him uh, in uh, in this roster? It's interesting. I mean, Derek suggested he may be available this weekend. Uh, if there are no injuries, I'm not quite sure who you pull because Clem hasn't been uh, on either special team or killing penalties for them, and, and Christian Fisher who might be the most obvious choice, uh, does kill penalties and, and has been a key part of the penalty kill. has been really, really good of late. Clem, uh, unfortunately, has not shown quite what he did in Edmonton um, beyond, I mean, place on the fourth line, so probably have, you know, uh, reasonable expectations of what he could do offensively. But the, the physicality just hasn't really been there. He's been in one fight against uh, Guibans in, uh, in Columbus. That was uh, he challenged uh, Glubons and challenged Costin after a hit on uh, Stillinger. So beyond that, um, you know, they just—he just has not—he just has not shown what he did in in, uh, in Edmonton, unfortunately, uh, so far in his time in Detroit. And yeah, then he's missed—he um, missed a significant number of games, or about a month uh, after uh, Rako Gudas ran into him for uh, running Anaheim's goalie. Yeah, Raku Gudis has been on a tear this year. Um, one of the players I always pay attention to with the Red Wings, I've always been fascinated with him because a big man, if he can play, highly valuable. Michael Rasmussen, his goal share looks good. His scoring's down a little bit at five on five. What kind of a year is he having? He's really, he, he's he's been a lot more noticeable of late. I thought he had kind of a, a quiet start. And they do like, they like him with Andrew Kopp, and that's probably what you're going to see tonight, uh, along with Fisher, used to, uh, as much as the wings can against uh, McDavid. You know, the, um, but but Rasmussen, he and he's very good in front. He's good at going to the front of the net. So he's he's kind of a a quiet player of, uh, in, in a lot of ways, but but really has come into his own in, in many respects. He had a very good season last year, and then unfortunately he suffered an injury and such. But He's a good, valuable player. They like that they can put him pretty much anywhere in the top six if they need more of a physical presence in a checking line or a checking presence. So, and also, you know, good mostly on the on the third line and killing penalties. So, so yeah, he, he's he's a, he's a good fit for them. Good kind of low key fit for them. What what kind of year is Moritz Sider having? I know that that you know every time I watch him, I can't stop watching him. He's a he's a pretty impressive athlete. What kind of year is he having? He's, you know, they they ask a lot of him as they as they often point out, and I think he's he's having a good year, and you know he's he's learning too, like how to sometimes take some temperamental penalties. I think his teams try to get under his skin, even though he's a big guy. But you know, he's just he he's very a good amount of confidence in in a positive way in himself, very self assured. So he's he's absolutely, I mean, he he's a, a huge building block for them. So. Um, so he, he he's he's absolutely. I mean, he, he's their anchor on de, on defense and does such a good job with. You know, I mean, they they ask him to play in all key areas and against the opposing top line. So to that 
for being, you know, 22 or so, he, he's, he's doing, I, I think, having a, a very good season. By eye, it seems like Jeff Petrie is playing maybe a little less uh, recently. Um, I, I know that he played uh, against Anaheim and L.A. And, and San Jose. No, he didn't play against San Jose. What kind of year is he having, Jeff Petrie? Yeah, he, he's he's been uh, kind of part of the third-pairing rotation along with Ali Mata, um, and, and Justin Hall, uh, they've kind of rotated between needing one of those guys to set. And you know, Petrie, you know, he, he's been good on the penalty kill too, and, and has helped out out on the player on the power play. So I think uh, overall they're pleased with him. He missed. He had. I don't know if you caught it. He and Christian Fisher collided yeah. uh, that last game before Christmas, head to head. It looked very, uh, really nasty. But uh, both fortunately have come back since for the Wings. But you know, Petrie, Petrie has you know again added. I mean. It's kind of interesting. After last season, Steve Eisman went with a more veteran look on on defense, and, and Petrie was part of that. I think they just figured it uh, as, I mean, I think half the league is in on his salary or something by now, that his salary is low enough that that for what he can bring uh, on special teams and such, he he's been uh, a really good addition for them. It's it's too early, but I, I just have to ask you, Helene, because I. I... There, we're going to be talking about it soon here because it is coming up. It, it's it's been a while, I think, and you've covered them a long time since the Red Wings were a, a buyer at the deadline. And I I'm assuming that it's to be determined because, as you said earlier, they're they're you know they're in the race, but they're not you know they're they're it's not a certain thing. Uh, it's been a while, right? And do you think they'll end up being a buyer or or too soon to know? You know, I have a. I mean, Steve would really have to believe that they could do something in order to be a buyer unless, unless you know, I mean, if there's an injury and they, they need to plug a hole with a veteran or something. But I don't see them being one of those buyers, you know, like Boston last year with Tyler Bertuzzi or something where, because they can't afford to give up what it costs to get a, a difference maker of a player, you know, it, it teams that are at the top of their divisions and, and really think they can go for it. Uh, I, I think maybe my guess is more like he just stands pat where Steve does at the trade deadline if they're in position instead of what he did last year. You know, they had those terrible outings against Ottawa, and by the end of the week, four or five players were out the door. So um, maybe maybe something small as far as buying, but I just I don't see – I don't think they're in a position to make a splash. And, you know, yeah, exactly. They, they still – there's, what, a month and a half to go, and – a tough, tough schedule for them just the rest of this month. Thanks so much for this. Appreciate it. Enjoy the game.